Joining us on the line is the Director of Wealth Management and Senior Wealth Advisor for Scotia Wealth Management and the Pile Group. We say hello to Andrew Pyle. Andrew, great to have you on the line. Good morning, John. Uh, Andrew, you're our resident economist, and I wanted to ask you, uh, with all of the talk, uh, the rhetoric going around uh, with Trump, uh, many people think he's, he could be inciting war, at least building on uh, on international tensions. Uh, a lot of folks are looking at investing in those companies that deal with U.S. defense. Exactly. So whenever we talk about a situation where we think the geopolitical fundamentals that we're facing are, are less stable or becoming less stable, uh, some investors will look, okay, well, you know, how do I benefit from that? I know it sounds like a weird term, John, to say how do we benefit from global chaos? Um, but a lot of investors will look at, you know, are there any particular stocks that would tend to do better in a world where there's a bigger focus by the U.S. on geopolitical stability or, or security, and of course our minds come to defense stocks. And that sector, since the election last year, has, has literally been on fire. Um, if, if we look at the defense sector as a whole, so if we went down into the New York Stock Exchange and said, let's buy a basket of all the defense stocks out here, what you find is since the beginning of this year, John, those stocks have been up uh, about 30% year-to-date. And wow. since the election, more than 40% uh, gain in that overall sector. And I think that's a reflection of investors piling into that sector um, because of the belief that maybe things are not going to be stable or there's just going to be a lot more military spending by the U.S. And, and, and clearly when they do, uh, one thing you could, could probably count on is that there is going to be military spending. Uh, does that make it a kind of a blue-chip stock? In, in a lot of them, John, they are blue-chip stocks. And we usually define a blue-chip stock as a stock that has a very large market cap. It's a big company, mm-hmm. um, you know, worth billions and billions and billions of dollars, um, as opposed to small uh, niche stocks that, that might be defense-related, but they're, you know, they're not large companies. So, you know, for example, a company like United Technologies is one of the major defense contractors in the States, right. uh, Northrop Grumman. So we think about uh, production of jet fighters. These are very much large cap stocks. I guess we could call them blue chip stocks. They're in the S and P 500. Um, and again, a lot of these stocks have driven this massive advance that we've seen in the defense sector for for two reasons. I think, John. One is expectation by investors that perhaps under Republican administration or Trump administration, uh, we'll see a greater focus on increased investment in U.S. military or U.S. defense spending. Uh, and I think that's definitely on the minds of, of everyone out there looking at the sector. The other thing we look at, John, is you know the amount of arms that are being sold to U.S. allies. So, for example, if we think about Saudi Arabia, um, and, and when we talk about contracts with these countries, you know, again, it's in the billions of dollars, and a lot of these big-name companies and states are benefactors from that. So investors who have bought those stocks are also betting on an increased level of orders to those specific countries, and we've actually seen that this year. A lot of deals have been made uh, where a lot of uh, military or arms have been sold to U.S. allies. Are there any dangers in looking at this stock? Is it rising too fast? Can it, can it bottom out? Yeah, I think there's a couple of risks. One is, uh, again, this, this sector has become extremely expensive. I mean, a 44% gain in a year mm. uh, is huge. So these stocks are not cheap. So for investors or listeners that are thinking, oh, I'm going to go out today and buy some U.S. defense stocks, uh, you're buying at levels that I think most people would agree are fairly inflated. Mm-hmm. And that's always a risk, John. If you're buying into a market that's expensive, um, 
you know, your your upside potential is perhaps not as great as if people were buying it the day after the U.S. election last year. And the other thing you want to keep in mind is that we're talking about U.S. stocks, so therefore we're talking about stocks that are denominated in U.S. dollars. And we're buying these stocks from home here in Canada, so we also have to be aware of the currency risks. Um, even if these stocks were to go higher, uh, if for whatever reason our Canadian dollar did what it did back in the summer and rise significantly against U.S. dollar, that would actually cut into some of the gains that you would be making on those U.S. stocks. So currency swings always a key risk, and also the fact that this market is very, very expensive right now. Investors may want to wait perhaps for a pullback if the general stock market comes back. That might give us better buying-in opportunities. Uh, is there also some danger in that you're, you're uh, it, to me it just seems kind of, um, I'm not, not going to say immoral, but it just, it, it doesn't seem nice to be banking on the fact that, uh, that we're going to engage in full-scale war. No, you know, and that's a good point, John, and, and it, it comes down to another thing that we look at with investors uh, and their portfolios here in Canada. A lot of Canadian investors um, have become or are uh, socially conscious when they look at their portfolios. Right. In other words, they want investments. You know, they they want investments that'll do well, but they also want investments that reflect their values. Um, for example, they may not want stocks in tobacco companies. Right. Uh, and a lot of Canadian investors we find who have that social conscience um, parameters when they look at the portfolio would not want arms dealers or, or not dealers, but uh, arms companies in their portfolio. And so some of these stocks. Uh, or a lot of them, probably will not be a fit for a lot of our listeners who look at these stocks and say, look, um, that's, not, that's not me. That's not the values that I want my portfolio to represent. So I think very important you know, not to jump on a bandwagon. Take a look at yourself mm-hmm. first and figure out, are these a fit for me, not only from an investment point of view, but are they a fit for me in terms of what I believe and what my values are? And for some, that, that may not be a fit at all. Good point. From Scotia Wealth Management, the Pile Group, Andrew Pyle, thank you so much for joining us on uh, Talk of the Town. Andrew, if people have specific questions about this or any other economics-related question, where should they go? John, they can go to our website at pilegroup.ca, and on that website they'll find our contact info, but more importantly they'll find links to the research that we put out here as a group as also as well as Scotia McLeod, and they'll also find links to some of our newsletters that we put out in our blog commentaries where we get into some of the themes that you and I talk about every Monday. Andrew, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure, John. Have a great week.